From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Saturday, September 24th, is National Public Lands Day. Alan Spears, Senior Director of Cultural Resources for the National Parks Conservation Association, has spent a lot of time in Alabama and other southern states gathering the human interest civil rights stories for the national parks. Five national park sites are found in Alabama. The Selma to Montgomery National Historic Trail, the Birmingham Civil Rights National Monument, the Freedom Riders National Monument in Anniston, the Tuskegee Institute National Historic Site, and the Tuskegee Airmen National Historic Site. Alan Spears joins us by Skype from Washington, D.C., to discuss the Alabama album featured in the summer issue of National Parks Magazine. Alan Spears, welcome back to Troy Public Radio. Carolyn, thank you for the invitation. It's always great to spend a little time with you. Alan, basically, what is the relationship of the National Park Service and the National Parks Conservation Association? Well, the relationship is the National Parks Conservation Association, or NPCA, is a 501c3 advocacy organization. We were established as the National Parks Association in 1919 by Stephen Mather, who was then serving as the first director of the National Park Service. Mr. Mather understood even at that early period that our national parks were going to need a citizen watchdog and workdog group to help protect them from all the nefarious schemes that are out there. And that's the work that we've been doing so nobly for more than 100 years now. Well, I want you to know I picked up a copy of the summer 2022 issue of National Parks Magazine, and there you were with comments in the Alabama album section of the magazine. You've been spending a lot of time in the southern states. For centuries, Carolyn, we've had an approach avoidance problem with our civil rights history because it was so challenging and so difficult. And that was for black folks, white folks, and, and everybody else. It's sometimes difficult to take a look at the protests and the response to the protests for basic human and civil rights that went on in Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and, by the way, Minnesota and California and New York as well. What we've seen now, especially over the last few years with the tragic murder and the loss of George Floyd in 2020, the country is once again going through this racial reckoning where we're trying to figure out how the past has influenced the way that we are in the present. We go back to places like the Selma to Montgomery Trail. We go back to places like the Mississippi Delta. We review things like the Emmett Till trial and murder. And we go back to places like Birmingham and Anniston, where we can learn about these stories, about what happened there, about the heroes, the men and the women who actually fought that fight on the ground for freedom for so long, many of whom paid the ultimate sacrifice. The National Parks Conservation Association is an advocacy organization working with the National Park System and the National Park Service. Many of these sites are managed by that agency. It's a great privilege that I have to be able to work with the National Park Service to help them get these stories right, to designate new sites so that we can have a better, more full understanding of civil rights history. I do hear from people, do we really need any more civil rights sites? And my response to that is, well, do we need any more Civil War battlefields? And my response in both those instances is yes, because Manassas is different than Gettysburg, and it's different than Petersburg. It's different than Appomattox. All of those battlefields tell a different part of the Civil War story, and they're all part of our heritage and our history. Well, Anniston Freedom Riders and Birmingham Civil Rights tell slightly different stories at different times than the Selma to Montgomery Trail. We need all of those 
in the National Park Service inventory of sites so that we can get the most complete, inclusive, and just, equitable story we can when it comes to telling our civil rights history. Ellen, in the Alabama Album article, you talked about how the sites have different meanings. I think that's right. You know, sometimes when we talk about the civil rights movement, we maybe begin to conceive of it as though it was a monolith that Dr. Martin Luther King was everywhere at all times and all-powerful, and that everyone followed his philosophy of nonviolent resistance. Well, if we go to Bloody Lowndes County in the 1960s and Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee leader Stokely Carmichael, there was a different view about violence and nonviolence and about the way that protesters should go about these campaigns for human rights and for civil rights. There were different approaches throughout all of these places to the way that the volunteers and the activists manage their campaigns. And I think that that does shine a light on the circumstances under which these people found themselves and the repressive regimes that they had to push back against in order to win change and basic human rights. You said in this article that these historic parks also, quote, lift up everyday people whose names were not widely recognized but were foot soldiers in the civil rights movement. Sometimes the media has to focus on the leaders. And I'll go back to my Civil War analogy. There were over 150, 160,000 troops that fought at the Battle of Gettysburg, July 1st to July 3rd, 1863. If you had a statue for every private and every corporal, there wouldn't be any room left on the landscape. We find the same thing in the civil rights movement where we identify some of the leaders, but it's really the foot soldiers and those people who will go unnamed and unrecognized and unheralded actually doing so much of the work. It's easy for someone like a Martin Luther King or Ralph Abernathy or Fred Shuttlesworth to call for a march. But if the students don't show up, if the workers don't take time off from work, if people don't stay off those buses during the bus boycott, then none of it works. And so we want to give credit where it's due to the leaders. But it's those unknown foot soldiers that I think are the real heroes in these stories. The Park Service does a great job themselves of working with people in communities to get the stories, to get the journals, to get the photographs of the people who were there at the time. And if you go to the National Park Service Visitor Center on the Selma to Montgomery Trail in Lounsboro, you hear an interpretive video that introduces you to the Selma to Montgomery March, but it's introducing you through the voices of the people who were involved in the struggle. It's also introducing you to the voices of people who were opposed to voting rights, who supported segregation, but it's the voices of the people who were involved on the ground in the movement. And I think that's important to capture to make this history real and poignant. Ellen, there was an incident in Birmingham that really affected you emotionally. What was that? It's the site of the bombing of the church in September of 1963 that killed four young girls who had offered the world no offense other than the color of their skin. Someone decided that their lives were not worth preserving or protecting or honoring in any other way, and so a bomb was planted and it went off. The story that I came away with at a public hearing where the National Park Service director was there, the Secretary of the Interior was there, and that meeting took place in the basement of the 16th Street Baptist Church in October of 2016, a bright, shiny red fire truck, a hook and ladder truck from the Birmingham Fire Department pulled up alongside of the church. That One of the most vivid images to come out of the civil rights movement was the photograph of the Birmingham Fire Department man using a high-powered hose to knock over nonviolent demonstrators. And that's where the fire department was during the Project C protests. But here in October of 2016, this hook and ladder truck from the Birmingham Fire Department pulls up alongside the Birmingham 16th Street Baptist Church, and off of the fire truck come this rainbow coalition of firefighters, black, white, brown, men and women, 
and they're dressed in their finest uniforms and white gloves, and they come off the truck, and they go around to the front of the 16th Street Baptist Church, and they walk up the stairs, and they head into the church. I thought that the message was clear from those firefighters. We got it wrong in 1963. We're getting it right tonight, and we support the designation of this site because it's important that we know what happened here in Birmingham, but it's also a part of the healing process that will be with me forever. And I think the power of parks embracing this history, helping to share this history in a just, equitable, inclusive, and accurate way, it's just incredibly powerful. And I think that's exactly what we need right now. September 24th, this coming Saturday, is National Public Lands Day with free admission to any national park. I love National Public Lands Day here, and volunteers are the finest people on the planet. So if you have an opportunity to get out and volunteer, if you can only do that once a year, do it on National Public Lands Day, do it in the national park. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope that we can talk again. Oh, I'm at your service, Carolyn, anytime you need me. Joining us by Skype was Alan Spears, Senior Director of Cultural Resources for the National Parks Conservation Association. More information can be found at their website, npca.org. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is Troy Public Radio.